Hello, welcome to Banking, Payments and Wealth Spotlight, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in the banking industry through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm Mary Ellen Harn, and today I'm joined by colleagues from Microfocus. What started out as a discussion on the findings of the most recent Capgemini World Quality Report has turned into this podcast, which will highlight key areas of the report with further insights from testing experts. Joining me today are Aaron Bashar, Executive Product Manager for Functional Testing at Microfocus, and Nick Utley, Transformation Leader, AI and Analytics at Capgemini. Aaron, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Microfocus? Thank you for hosting me, Mary Ellen. It's uh, for this great podcast with such an interesting topic. Um, as you might know, Microfocus is a leading software provider with around about 40,000 customers worldwide that focus on enterprise software needs. And to do so, we have four main product groups. One of them is the Enterprise DevOps, which I'm, I'm part of. Uh, the group provides an end-to-end solutions for the entire application lifecycle from the planning phases through the build and test phases and down the road to deploy, operate, and, and monitor. As for myself, uh, in the last six years, I'm with the functional testing product team as a senior product manager responsible for an all testing tool solutions in the market. But before joining the product team, I served more than 15 years in various engineering positions from the junior ones up to the executives ones. I had the privilege to serve in engineering worlds. I had the privilege to serve in a quality assurance team. And that experience also provided me all the uh, needs I need to know in order to do the product management as expected. In the last two years, I'm leading the artificial intelligence and machine learning topic within our portfolio and how with this amazing and catching cutting edge technology, we can solve some of the problems we all face in the test automation. And I guess we will talk later on in this podcast. Thank you, Aaron. You are cer- certainly well qualified to talk about this topic and we look forward to your insights. Nick, can you also tell us about yourself and what you do at Capgemini? Sure. So I'm in the business of transformation. This involves the maturation of testing practices in automating metrics and applying machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence-based analytics to the optimization quality assurance. This allows a pretty interesting perspective, that of a consultant, and uh, what is kind of a cross-sectional view of the testing world and where these technologies can lead us. Thanks, Aaron and Nick. And let's, let's jump right into the questions. So, Nick. We'll start with you first. Um, what do you think are the biggest challenges of test automation today? So despite huge investments in automation engineering and even bigger return on investment, the ratio of automated to manual test cases tends to be relatively low, especially when that uh, has to do with system integration and service level testing. Um, even though this ratio is relatively low, um, it usually involves a relatively high maintenance cost. Um, what I mean by maintenance is the management of the scripts written and the machines on which they're executed, um, and even their design. The cost of this remains high. The reason for this is that that skill set is still a, a niche one rather than 
the default for quality engineers. Uh, the reason the maintenance costs are so high and the automation uh, rates rel are relatively low is that due to a plethora of reasons, but uh, primarily there's asset fragility, there's um, barriers in the skill set, which I mentioned, and there's an exponential growth of platforms to cover. The reason for that is uh, everything's going to mobile, everything's going to cloud-based. There's um, more and more things to test, and uh, you can think of it as a race whose finish line continues to move faster than those who are running it. Well, thank you, Nick. Um, Aaron, do you have anything to add? Yes, you know, as, as Nick started with, we do see this phenomenon of low automation rates and high maintenance rates almost in everything we are we are talking to. And and one of the common things is that they are all at in some point uh, in their uh, digital transformation journey, so to say. And and one reason for those phenomena is, for example, the daily check-ins and the frequent uh, check-ins that are common practices of today, agile and fast-paced releases, uh, which the side effect of it, it's actually breaking the automation tests. It is mainly because, you know, test automation assets uh, has low sensitivity to changes because of the nature uh, to create those. Uh, usually when, when creating automation assets, uh, we rely on the underlying identifiers, such as the different object properties, uniquely identify the objects and interact with those, such as, for example, click on a button or uh, edit an input field or even to do any other action on the application. The end result is that we hear, as Nick said, more and more customers that are questioning the automation ROI because the time that is being invested to maintain those assets and keep them relevant sometimes take more than even run the tests manually. And one more major cause is the, uh, the, the, the exponential growth, exactly as Nick mentioned, of devices, endpoints, and platforms that are continuously growing. And sometimes it can double the time required for script creation, as well as script maintenance. Now, around two years ago, we've been started looking at major artificial intelligence and machine learning research areas to understand how we can leverage and if we can leverage this technology to solve those challenges. And after extensive research, uh, we, we are uh, so happy to say, yes, we can definitely leverage this, this technology. We have built uh, the artificial neural network. Think about it like as the brain that can understand and interact with different objects. We've also leveraged computer vision and OCR techniques. Think about it like the eyes that can see and read the screens and the objects exactly like human does. And last but not least, we've also leveraged the natural language processing, NLP, so to say. Think about it like the translator, the one that can translate the plain English, sorry, the plain English sentences into automated scripts. Thank you, Aaron and Nick. It's, there are definitely a lot of challenges of test automation. So. Why then is AI so effective for test automation? And let's start with you, Aaron. Yep, you know, in the last two decades, uh, the technology evolved a lot and we have leveraged it in the best way we can. But at the end of the day, and as I said previously, it didn't help to increase significantly the, the overall automation rates and uh, the maintenance cost that associated into it. You know, with the AI infused test automation as we see it, it's a different ballgame. 
the test creation phase will be completely a different one and much faster. Instead of building test scripts for each and every one of the different platforms, for example, users can create one script and let automation intelligence overcome up changes. So just think about the example of having a simple script that will run against iOS and against Android with the same script, and you do not need to maintain two different scripts. And upon changes, uh, the automation intelligence will overcome those. The second thing, which is the test maintenance time, also will be uh, shortened, mainly because the automation assets created with AI are much more resilient to changes. And if maintenance is still required, then you don't need to maintain multiple scripts. You just need to maintain a single script, and that will apply on all platforms at the same time. And last but not least, I think that was mentioned earlier in this podcast, leveraging AI, the business users now, and definitely the queue engineers, can create automation assets using plain English, leveraging the natural language processing. And with that, we can argument automation coverage rates and increase them dramatically. So the bottom line, yes, using the AI can definitely help testing teams become much more efficient with the day-to-day work. Thank you, Aaron. Nick, would you like to add anything? Sure. So uh, Aaron did a great job covering um, the technical side and the hands-on creation of these testing assets, especially when it comes to um, the actual creation of the scripts. Um, something I would add to that would be, uh, rather than the technical side, um, simply the decision-making and the pursuit of uh, test suite optimization can be itself automated um, when it comes to machine learning and uh, AI solutions. Uh, especially, uh, he had mentioned neural networks, um, things like classifier models, um, support vector machines can be leveraged in a way that can actually cut down on the administrative time. Um, and this can be particularly impactful um, in the emergent realm of DevOps, uh, where regression and targeted test suites are run multiple times a day in a pipeline. Uh, Compensating for some of that human element, um, which contributes to these challenges, provides a pretty lucrative space to apply machine uh, learning uh, decisions. Thank you, Nick and Aaron. Um, AI is definitely a very complex field. Um, what do testers need to know in order to leverage AI, and does it involve a new tool set? Let's just start with Aaron on this. You know, indeed, AI, it's, it's a complex field, and, and as a matter of fact, it's also keep evolving every day. And as we talk, it, it keeps evolving. Uh, if I'm looking back uh, two years to the journey we went through in MicroFocus of what the required changes are to the develop an AI solution, it is mainly around three important ingredients. The first is the computing power. The second is the engineering force. And last but definitely not least is the data sets for uh, the AI engine themselves. And, and I'll walk you through briefly about those three aspects. First, the computing power. You know, AI projects require both high computing power as well as big data solutions. So the first thing we had to do is to equip our engineering force uh, with those capabilities. And we have built our own computing uh, GPU lab, as well as leveraging in-house big data solutions that we have in MicroFocus. The second thing was super interesting one, which was the engineering force, because there are significant changes to be made to the engineering force. For example, we have hired domain subject matter experts and formed a new data science team for that project. 
We've also trained our engineering with uh, the programming languages required for AI and also formed a new DevOps processes to support this entire project needs. And, you know, last but definitely not least, as I mentioned previously, the data. At the end of the day, a successful AI project is highly dependent on the data that will be uh, fitted. But the good news is that none of the above is something our customers and testers are needed to do. We made sure that the AI technology will be embedded into the existing offerings and can be easily accessed and used with the same tools that they have been using up until today. So we did it by adding a simple yet smart API to the existing solutions for the automation engineers. But as said previously, we also want to leverage the business users' knowledge and the key engineers. And for that, we've created a new layout that provides the codeless capabilities that later on will be facilitated by the natural language processing capabilities. So the idea is to leverage the AI, but keep it simple to the users to consume and to enjoy. Thank you, Aaron. Um, let's now turn to Nick. And can you share your perspective as well as Capgemini's perspective on this? Sure. Uh, when it comes to the inner workings of a machine learning algorithm or data science as a whole, what you're talking about is something involving an extension of statistics and higher level mathematics and computer engineering. That all sounds scary and like a lot to hold on to. Um, however, this does not require those who utilize these technologies to have a working knowledge of their inner workings. Um, just like a programmer doesn't have to invent his own language, a lot of this work's already been done. Ours is a world in which libraries handling these functionalities already exist, which Iran um, kind of touched on. Uh, testers need to be empowered to be able to apply AI and ML where it can save time and money, and that means changing the way that they see it. Uh, AI, uh, which we've said a number of times uh, so far, and machine learning, um, you can tell just mentioning their names, uh, it gets kind of repetitive, and that's because they're currently buzzwords. Um, and they're often used very broadly when the mechanics of the logic being applied is pretty straightforward. The gap to be bridged is between the intellectual exercise um, and the practical tool with real-world ROI. Where this has been done, it's usually empowering an existing money-making IP um, kind of subtly, um, whether it's model-based testing, test case deduplication, priority and risk-based test uh, decision-making and effort reduction, uh, or even predictive modeling, as Iran mentioned, um, tends to be embedded um, for user simplicity. Once the utility of machine learning is demystified um, it, and its use is better understood by stakeholders and management, the small-scale applications will exponentially increase as well. Thank you, Nick. So with our last question today, what can you tell us, starting with Aaron, what are the key ingredients of success in AI and test automation? Um, you know, I think we, we've touched based on that one. If there is one significant success factor for AI project is, is, the, uh, is the data. And uh, this data is not a one-time event. It keeps evolving. There is a nice sentence that I'm keep hearing about AI engines, that they have an endless appetite for data sets. 
And with that in mind, as part of our AI capabilities, uh, we have made sure to provide a simple way for our customers to easily share their data with us. And now some of uh, the listeners now will think, wait a second, I cannot share this test data. But no worries, we are not talking about the test data or any private uh, data that is sensitive to share. If you remember earlier in this podcast, I mentioned that we are leveraging the computer vision techniques. For computer vision-based engines, the main data being used is picture and snapshots. And the same goes for us. When we are talking about data sharing, we mainly referring to the snapshots of the application under test. Once we get it, it is easily processed and improve the AI engine, where eventually that can be consumed on demand. So customers can increase the overall efficiency as we move forward. And as I started with, it won't be a one-time event. The AI is the journey, the same way digital transformation is the journey. And as as, and as uh, Nick stated earlier today, I think that some of uh, the AI spells are still uh, more unknowns than knowns to us. And as we move forward, definitely we will see how we can improve and take more of this amazing technology to ease uh, the, the overall testing experience. Thank you, Aaron. And Nick, would you have any additional comments? Sure. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in this industry, particularly machine learning, that you could ask this question of that wouldn't come back immediately with a response um, having to do with data. Um, data, data, data. It's it's really what drives these kinds of solutions. Um, if you think about it as uh, a garbage in, garbage out kind of solution, uh, it, the only empowerment that uh, machine learning algorithm has is to be able to predict data that it's already seen. Um, and that tends to be the issue um, involving the accuracy of some of these things. Uh, it has to do with uh, having clean data versus non-clean data. If you train an algorithm to identify a picture of a dog as a horse, it'll do that um, continuously. <laughs> so. Um, and something I would add on to that is uh, the evolution of these kinds of predictions or uh, solutions tend to be uh, limited by the practices that a um, certain stakeholder has instilled in uh, their data recording practices. So uh, the metrics involved in, uh, as well tend to have uh, the same accuracy as what you can expect from your machine learning algorithm. Thank you. So I'm going to sneak in one more question here. And the question is the title of this podcast, can the human element be replaced? Let's start with you, Aaron. So I don't think that uh, the human factor can be replaced, definitely not in the foreseen future, but I'll definitely say that in the next uh, three to five years from today, leveraging the AI can help us uh, to achieve more of autonomous testing, uh, whether if we are talking about the automation coverage and the automation creation rates, as well as decision-making. For example, if we have now an application under test and we know what the changes are, having AI engines that will be, uh, that will be placed on top of it Will might take autonomous decision of what exact tests that needs to be uh, executed are, 
And if those tests are built with the AI capabilities, then we are getting into more of autonomous testing. But if you will think about it for a second, even the autonomous cars, which is the most closest one, are still require the drivers to be in the driving seat and take uh, extra cautious if eventually the machine will take the wrong decision. So uh, no, it won't, uh, it won't replace the human, but definitely will be uh, uh, thinking about it like the assistant of, of the testers. Okay, and Nick, do you have any comments on this? I would largely agree with Iran um, that these are uh, enhancements to the human element or uh, tools to be used. But for as smart as a machine can be, it's still not going to be, as Iran put it, autonomous entirely when it comes to the parallel processing of real-world um, situations. The closest I've seen uh, involves something called Bayesian inference, um, which involves the um, quantification of uncertainty. Um, and that's something that's being uh, leveraged in um, cars, just as um, Iran mentioned, self-driving cars. Um, but we're a, we're a long ways off of um, even that being applicable. So no, um, in a word, I don't believe that humans can be replaced um, by machine learning or AI anytime in our near future. Well, thank you. I, I, I do agree that the analogy to autonomous cars is really the best way to understand what is happening, you know, in, in software testing today with regard to AI and ML. Um, this does wrap up our podcast. Uh, thank you, Aaron and Nick joining me in the second podcast in our series. To our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to our Banking Payments and Wealth Spotlight podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other podcast apps. If you're interested in listening to more Capgemini Financial Services podcast, please subscribe to our Insurance Insights podcast. We'll be back soon with another podcast that expands more on the topic of intelligent automation. In the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the report. And to learn more about Microfocus, please visit microfocus.com. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.